Fed Talks is a podcast for theater teachers and theater education students. Hi, I'm Dr. Jimmy Chrisman, theater education professor at Illinois State University. Each week I bring you stories and interviews from experienced K-12 theater teachers, current theater education majors, professors of theater education, and teaching artists that will warm your heart, renew your faith in teaching, and provide resources to better your practice in your theater classroom. So grab your coffee or glass of wine, plug in your headphones, or turn up your car stereo, and relax. Thanks for joining me for these heartwarming conversations and practical advice from other theater teachers on the front lines making a difference in their students' lives each and every day. I'm excited to welcome Joey Yao to this episode of Fed Talks. Um, he is in Livingston, New Jersey, where he is currently working at Newark Academy and the Luna Stage Company. Um, he's been in educational theater for 11 years, and I we have almost been working a year to make this happen. So I'm excited to have you in front of me right now, Joey. Um, welcome to the show. Introduce yourself and uh, just kind of share your story and your journey to how we got where we are now. Sure. Um, hi, I'm really happy to finally be here. I know it's been a while. <laughs> Thank you for your patience. Um, so uh, yeah, I'm Joey. Um, I began my career working in professional theater uh, long ago. Um, graduated from Catawba College, uh, intending originally to be a director. Um, spent some time kind of doing a few different things along the way. Um, I had an internship with Cirque du Soleil um, that I uh, thoroughly loved. And um, while I was in Las Vegas, decided that I really wanted to get back into doing more uh, kind of uh, Shakespeare and behind and doing some more smaller scale productions. So I decided to go back to North Carolina and I worked for the North Carolina Shakespeare Festival uh, for a couple of years and uh, then decided I needed to kind of change uh, the trajectory of things for a little while. I had I uh, decided to uh, volunteer with AmeriCorps. And so I volunteered with City Year New York um, and was a team leader in Harlem at an elementary school. It was actually two elementary schools. And so while I was there, we were doing, I decided to spend a year just focusing on that. And we were doing in-school uh, kind of uh, at uh, math and reading support during the day and an after-school activity uh, in the uh, afternoons for about 60 students. Um, and I discovered while I was there that I really loved engaging with students. I really loved education. I wasn't a teacher at the time, but the kind of um, the kind of work that I was doing was providing uh, so much more. Uh, it felt so much more meaningful to me than um, the work that I had been doing up to that point as a as a professional. Um, so I decided that at the time um, I was going to explore uh, getting into teaching, and it just so happened that at the time an opportunity opened up in the town where my uh, my my wife lived. So I moved to Pittsburgh and uh, became a teacher at a private school called Sewickley Academy. I was the theater teacher and technical director there for four years um, and then took a break and then went to work in New Jersey at Newark Academy, where I've been the technical director for and the head of the film program for the past seven years. Um, in addition to that, um, I uh, recently finished my master's from Drexel and uh, in arts administration and uh, transitioned from being the technical director for a local professional theater company, a Luna Stage Company, from uh, being their technical director into being their managing director uh, back in uh, the beginning of 2021. Um, and so it's been a really interesting past couple of years as we've gone through the pandemic and my uh, career has has uh added so much more on to what i do daily um and changed in so many ways um and also had to uh figure out how to continue to engage students um in ways that were um uh 
collaborative and affirming in this period of where we've had so little connection uh, with each other. So I feel like I learned a lot out of that period that has made the year back from that since we started at the beginning of this school year back in uh, September um, uh, even stronger. It's been one of my, I think this year has been one of my favorite years to be a teacher. Uh, and a lot of the lessons that I learned in 2020, I've been able to apply to this year. That's, that's awesome. I did not realize you were a, um, uh, from you went to Catawba. I, I, I grew up in Charlotte. Um, oh, wonderful. Yeah. So I, I'm very familiar with Salisbury and the Piedmont players and Catawba yeah. up there. So that, that, that's fun. Um, that was a great school. I really, I really loved it there. When I went there, we had a, um, I think we, we were listed as like the second theater company in the country one year I was there, um, or second, the, second best theater school in the country one year while I was there. And uh, it was a lovely program. And it focused on, it. I learned a lot of the educational uh, philosophy that I have now from that program of getting into a little bit of everything and kind of getting a, a, uh, a wide perspective on your profession so that you didn't have to be an expert in every aspect of what it takes to do the work that you want to do, but you know enough of it that you can talk with everyone else and that you can be a better collaborator in that way. And a lot of that philosophy I learned while I was at Catalba. Um, so it was really, a, it was a great place for me. It's, I, I always called it uh, uh, the hidden gem uh, there in Salisbury that most people didn't even realize was, was such a great program. Well, that is awesome. Um, I, I would love to know um, like some of those big things from your professional work um, with your internship with Cirque du Soleil, uh, North Carolina Shakespeare Festival. Um, what were some of the big takeaways from those experiences that you, you see yourself pulling into what you're doing now? There's been a lot. Um, I right now my main focus is uh, I am in a I'm in a process of of trying to figure out how I can use what I've learned to better support other teachers. Um, that was part of the the impetus for me to get my master's in arts administration. Is I, I wanted to segue from being someone who's impacting you know a you know around 100 students a year, which I'm doing now, and expand that reach by supporting more teachers. Mm -hmm. um, and so some of those things that I've learned over the past year have really been on uh, focusing. Um, I used to be someone who would wear whatever hat anyone would give me, um, whatever, whatever needed to be done, you know, I, I would try to take care of it. And I learned because of that, that if you, if you try to do too much and uh, all at once, then the quality of everything you do starts to slip. Um, and I remember when I was in, when I was with Cirque du Soleil, um, which was an amazing opportunity. And it was my first time in Vegas. Um, I was surrounded by theater technology that was just stunning and these amazing performers and professionals. And at the time though, I still, I was fresh out of college and I still had aspirations to be a theater director. And I was talking to a guy in between shows one night and I was, he was asking me about what I wanted to do. And I said, well, I would love to work here because I find this so amazing. And I also want to be a professional director. And he says, if you come to work here, you will never be a director because the the pull of just the steady work and, and the, the money and everything you get here is going to keep you here. And I, I was at the age where I was still like, no, no, I can have it all. But I really quickly learned that um, that was, I, I could try to wear as much, uh, wear as many hats as I could, but if I didn't focus professionally, then I would never grow very far. Um, I would always kind of just 
I would, I felt like everything I was doing for a little bit of time in my career, uh, leading up to me deciding to go to city gear. Um, I felt like I, I had kind of plateaued a little bit because I was trying to do, I was trying to progress in too many ways. And so the decision to go to city gear was really not only a reset for me, but a decision to try to focus for a little bit longer. And I found that every time that I feel like I'm struggling as a professional, whether it's in the classroom or uh, working on a show, it's usually because I get myself committed to too many things at once. And that the way to excel is to pare down, focus a little bit longer on one particular task, accomplish that to the extent that I want it to, instead of the extent that I could get it to, because I have so many other things to do. Um, and the other aspect that I've really taken to heart over the past 11 years of teaching is that um, collaboration is a gift that can apply to almost anything that you do. And so being a teacher in, in independent schools, you know, we, we, we kind of go into it knowing that this is an experience that we want these students to treasure and they may never do this particular type of experience again. You know, I, I know that of the, of the students that I engage with each year, probably about one to 2% of them are actually going out to pursue this as a profession when they get into college. And so a lot of it is about how do you make it to be the most impactful experience for them, not just as artists, but as people um, moving forward. And so I've factored in a lot of my work in, in the classroom to being about not just the artistic development, but the, the development of the individual you know, learning how to be a good leader, but also a good collaborator, learning how to come up with a concept from just a, a spark of an idea, but also knowing what are the tools that actually help us develop and realize that concept within a pretty short amount of time. Um, I think there's a big advantage to the fact that I've been teaching. Um, I've taught theater for a while, but I've taught film longer. And in filmmaking, since it is so collaborative and so focused on creating short projects that actually take quite a long time to produce. Um, you have to be very intentional and efficient with your time in the classroom. Um, and with classes being only 50 minutes, you know, that's, that's barely enough time to set up the equipment that you need to shoot something. <laughs> so a lot of what we focus on in, in the classroom is how do I make my time as efficient as I can? And we learn that by learning kind of structures to creating things that make that process a little bit easier, give each Oh, excuse me, give each other a shorthand of, of, you know, how do we, how do we go about the process of making something from concept to reality? Um, and I take a lot of comfort knowing that even if these students decide that I'm not going to pursue filmmaking professionally, they're taking a process of how I can work with other people to create things that are new that they can apply to whatever they decide to pursue moving forward. And so that to me has been one of the, the biggest takeaways as a teacher is that, I, the reason I love the arts is it not only develops the, the, the kind of, I'm sorry, what am I trying to say? It develops the whole person, not just in like, what are the things that I want to express, but how is it that I know how I can learn how to better interact with others and maybe help them express what, what they want to as well. Yeah. If that makes sense. It does. It does make sense. Um, I'm going to definitely pick your brain about, um, your film program in just a moment. But I, before we get to that, I would love to know a little bit more about what, what with that experience with AmeriCorps and working with those, um, those students in Harlem, what, what about that experience sparked that desire to go into a classroom and become a teacher? I think it was, it, 
It was mostly that it was the it was the difference between hoping that I made an impact in someone's life and actually seeing that impact. I found that working behind the scenes in theater for a couple of years, because um, I did I did directing and I did some design work, um, and I did a lot of work backstage as like an assistant stage manager and what have you. And the only time that I ever realized if I was having like an impact on someone's day would be the applause at the end of the show. And, and you didn't really, you couldn't really gauge how much of an impact that was. Was this a, was this an evening that they'll talk about for years or was this just another Friday? Um, and next week they're going to watch Netflix and it'll be the same response. And, and I hope it was more than that, but it, it, I found I was struggling because I, I couldn't connect with the audience in a way that I had when I was an actor on the stage and I wasn't really pursuing acting at the time. Um, and so when I decided to work in a classroom and I was seeing how we could take students who were struggling with a concept in either math or reading or just engaging with one another um, and see progress within just a lesson or even just an afternoon activity and see the joy that came with that progress. Um, that was, a, that was really impactful for me. And that was, that was when I started realizing that, you know, I'm, I'm walking away much more exhausted than I ever was when I worked in theater at the end of the day, because <laughs> teaching can be such a, a it, it requires so much of a teacher um, to be present for their students for the whole time. But I am seeing that the impact I'm having um, on a regular basis. And so, you know, there's a reason for me to be here. And, um, and so that was one of the reasons that I decided that that was the way I wanted to go. And I also had wonderful theater teachers growing up. Um, I was in a, a, an arts program in my senior year of high school um, that had a huge impact on me. It was at uh, Weaver Academy in Greensboro, which you might be familiar with being from Charlotte. Um, uh, the teacher, uh, Dan Seaman, uh, was my director. And he just had such a profound impact on my development as a person and, and as a performer. And so um, it was kind of in the daydreaming side of, you know, city year is going to end in, in June. What am I going to do next? Um, what do I, where do I want to see myself spending my time? And I had the decision between, do I want to try and, and do the uh, stay in New York for a little bit, or do I want to go somewhere where maybe I'll have a, a big impact right away? Um, uh, and so that was that kind of made that decision pretty easy spending all that time in the classroom and getting presented with the opportunity to do that as a lip for a living um i was happy to make that choice yeah i i just love i find it fascinating people's uh path to get uh where they are uh with uh, with teaching is so it's so varied and and rarely is it that <laughs> straight line of of i had planned to be a theater teacher all my life and here i am so that uh, that's cool to hear I remember when I was in college, um, I had to give a presentation once in a forensic science class, and I decided to give a presentation on uh, 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 ballistics, like firearms, and, uh, and using ballistics gel to kind of map how they how they would uh, what they do when they impact something. And I did the presentation, and my professor afterwards asked me to step out of the class while we were like getting ready for something else. And he looked at me and was like, have you ever thought of being a teacher? And I had never considered it up until that point. And I think I told him flatly, absolutely not. <laughs> like no, no realization how insulting that response could have, could have been interpreted as. But um, at the time I was like, I, I couldn't see myself as a teacher. And it took, it took that year. It took like two years after that for me to come around to the idea of, Oh, actually I really like explaining things in ways that make uh, connections for people. And um, yeah, so that was, 
I, I have never had the opportunity to thank him, but if I ever meet him again, I'm, I'm going to say it's your fault. <laughs> so. Um, so tell, tell everyone about your, your program now at Newark um, and what you're doing there as the TD and uh, the film program. Right. So I came on as the technical director in 2015. Um, we do three uh, we do three uh, theater productions per year, uh, fall drama, a spring musical, which is open to our middle school and high school audience. And then uh, typically a middle school musical and middle school or middle school play at the end of the year. Um, and so uh, this uh, this program, when I came in, um, had uh, some really dedicated students involved. And then the, so when I came in and saw that there were some students here who were really committed to this, um, my goal was to grow it and also grow the capabilities of the facility. So we looked to um, my kind of priorities moving in were I need to have more students involved behind the scenes. Um, and I need to make sure that those students have um, the knowledge to be able to do this if I can't make it to a show one night. So that's kind of always been my philosophy since the first show there is um, I want the students to be able to run everything. So by the time we get to opening, I'm not touching anything. I'm stepping back. I'm there as a support person just in case. But they run the show. They have that they have that agency. Um, because running a show is, is complicated and it, it has, there's a lot of stress involved with it. And I love the, I love the fact that we, that we have to get it right the first time each night, um, because it's a new audience and a new experience every time. And I, there's something about the stakes of that, that have always been really exciting and fulfilling to me. Um, and I, uh, I know that particularly with some of my high school students who've come through it, seeing their growth as being feeling uh, capable of handling things of consequence um, and seeing their ca uh, capacity to handle stress and to manage uh, and plan large, uh, large events, seeing that grow over the course of being involved with our technical direction, uh, with our, with, with our uh, backstage program has been really amazing. Um, so I think that's kind of the guiding philosophy of our program is just student agency. Uh, give them as many things as they can handle and guide them along the way as we're rehearsing and then let them go when we do the actual show. And that's the most fulfilling thing is seeing their joy at a really successful run um, and seeing their frustration when something that they know how to get right doesn't go right and seeing them react to it and have the same feeling that you're having. Then, you know, they've taken ownership of it and they want it to be as good as they can make it. Um, and that means a lot. And then uh, outside of that, we've grown our middle school program. So it used to be that our, our middle school play uh, would be a rather small set. And then we would uh, we would build it without a lot of assistance from the middle schoolers. And uh, my principal, uh, Tom Ashburn, and I talked about it and he decided, you know, if you want to have more middle schoolers involved, then we can just have them involved during the time that other middle schoolers would be involved in the rehearsal. Because it used to be you could sign up for the rehearsal, you could sign up to be in the play or you had to do a sport because it all happens in the same period. So we then segued some other students to be involved with the construction. And we started out with three. And I think I got the list for our new crew, which um, this would be like the fourth year that we've had middle schoolers building the show. And now we're up to like 12. Um, because the the work that they do, um, I think that they're just noticing. It becomes something that that they see their friends doing. And they're like, oh, I want to be involved with that too. I want to be involved with the show, but maybe I don't want to be on the stage. So how can I participate in this experience with everyone else? 
Um, and that has meant that now that we have so many more people working on it, the scale of what we're able to do with those shows is much larger. Um, and so that has been interesting. And also on the flip side, the budget hasn't changed much. So we, <laughs> we have to figure out how do we do more with, how do we do more with the same amount? Um, so it's been really fascinating, both from a production standpoint and a teaching standpoint of how do I take students who are um, in grades six to eight and teach them the same skills that I would teach high schoolers, but do in a way that is safe, that is still approachable from that from that age perspective, that still gives them the same sense of accomplishment um, and that our directors are happy handing over um, to that age range. Um, so that has been a really fun aspect of it. Um, and now we've recently done this, uh, you know, five and a half million dollar renovation to our auditorium. So now we have new technology. We have a new we have a new digital sound system. We have all new LED lighting throughout the space. Um, you know, all, uh, video system, which I pushed really hard for. So now we have uh, PTZ cameras and a video recorder and a mixer. Um, so we're able to have a new aspect of what our backstage crew does. Uh, we have students who are the videography team. Um, so it's just been it's been wonderful to see the, the evolution of the program over the past seven years, both in terms of how we're able to connect with the students, but what we're able to provide them to work with as their tools. That's really cool. That's awesome. I, I love that. I love that the, the the middle schoolers are, they're such a huge part of what the whole program is. Yeah. That's really cool. That's really cool. I, I'm going to ask because I, I it, it didn't happen to me, but I have had conversations with some theater teachers in the recent years of um, them just being handed a film class. And that's not anywhere in their wheelhouse of expertise and they have no clue where to even <laughs> begin with that. Um, what would be your advice on that to, to that teacher, if they came up to you and asked you that, you know, a similar thing happened to me. Um, so my first year at New York Academy, I came in as the, just the TD and I had a couple of classes and they were like a middle school, technical, technical theater and a music class. Um, and halfway through our film teacher had to leave. And so they asked me if I would step in and I had expressed to them um, that I had some film background because I had been, I've been making short films um, since, you know, high school and uh, film was always like the thing that I, I loved doing the most outside of theater. Um, and when I took the class on, I had about nine students and we had a good conclusion to the year. Um, and then the next year I had four and I realized that this program didn't really have a lot of legs. And we had to figure out what do we do to make this make this just as vital as the theater classes, the other performing arts and visual arts classes, um, since it's kind of a, a combination of the two, the visual and the performing arts. And so what I went into with that was I had to figure out what are the films that my students are watching? How do I connect with them about those stories? And how do we in a short period of time, make things that are of quality that they want to share with their friends. So how do I find the stories that they want to tell? And that meant kind of having a really flexible approach to what the, what the curriculum was meant to be. Um, so instead of going into it with fixed kind of checkpoints about what I wanted them to learn, I, about like uh, film content, I had to go in with, well, what are the skills that I want them to develop by the end of the year? And then pretty much weekly go to uh, have almost like a focus group with my class to say like, well, what are you watching now? And informally, without them really realizing that I was laying the tracks as the train was moving, um, <laughs> try to figure out what is it that they were really invested in. And that led us to some really cool projects um, that we had 
uh, I would not have thought to do if it had just been me sitting down to write out, like, here's everything we're going to do this year. So being responsive to what the students are watching um, has been a really effective technique. You know, I recently had a middle school class. Uh, we do four terms in the middle school arts. And so uh, my last, my first two terms of this year with seventh graders uh, were largely around trying to figure out like what, what would interest them the most. And it was largely short content, usually with a comedic aspect to it. Um, sometimes with a spooky aspect to it because it was around, you know, October and whatnot. Um, but they, we've spent most of that class doing short two minute videos, multiple versions uh, to get to the end of, the, of each unit. Then my last term, we had an eighth grade class and we did a lesson on fight choreography and they got really into it. And they started talking to me about Cobra Kai, uh, the, the show I think that's on, um, it's on Netflix. Yeah. Now it was on YouTube for a while. And the more they were talking about it, it's like, can we do a longer film? And so we ended up spending about two thirds of that one term uh, making one short film together as a large group, which is something that had never happened in that class before. But by the end of that term, every student had been a cinematographer. Um, nearly every student had been uh, a performer uh, in, in, and nearly every student had been a director in some, in some capacity. And instead of us having, you know, several two minute films, we had uh, about a 10 to 15 minute film that um, they all contributed a lot to both in the story development, in the lighting in the sound, you know, it was, it was a huge endeavor for that particular class. And, it was one of the most successful projects we've ever done. That never would have happened if I was a stickler to, no, 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 we have to get to silent films. We have to do this and this and this. So I think being flexible and realizing that the reason you're here is to help the stories tell the students that they want to tell, as opposed to feeling like you have to get into making sure that they know all of the film history and all of the, and all of the, um, the terminology and all of those aspects. Um, I want my students to be able to walk away from my class and pick up any camera and be able to make something that is special to them. So the, the technology is completely separate from the ability to tell a story well. And so that's where we really put our focus. So I would say any teacher that is taking on a film class without a lot of background on it could focus on that aspect with the storytelling and just don't worry about the camera as much and worry more about making sure that they are develop they're developing stories that they want to tell and that they start learning how to really tell those stories. Well, um, we spend a lot of time thinking about who's the person who is our perspective, who's our empathy for the audience to connect to. Um, how do we make sure that we are spending enough time, not just watching a plot, like not just picking up your phone and like pointing it at something and seeing it happen in front of you, but using the camera to give us perspective yeah. of where we're seeing this from and making sure that we're seeing the reaction that our main character is experiencing as they go through it. And that's how they start to learn the difference between something that they film to just post on Instagram for fun versus something that they film that has a cinematic quality to it. And that cinematic quality is usually just intentionality of storytelling as opposed to, let me just record this really fast. Yeah. Um, I think that's one of the biggest gross is, is teaching students that storytelling is about being really thoughtful and intentional about the choices you make as a storyteller, not as much about the plot. That's great. I appreciate you sharing that. Um, I, I, um, we, I, uh, we just are completed a, a search for a, a film and digital media position in our department. And I was on that committee and like 
completely out of my wheelhouse of expertise. So sitting and watching their teaching presentation and their research presentations, like I just, I learned so much. Um, <laughs> I was, I was just, I was like the students in those classes. I was just soaking up everything they were saying. So I, I think that's really cool. So thank you for sharing all that. Talk about what you're doing with Luna Stage. Um, so Luna Stage is a, um, uh, is a really amazing company. Um, I came in in 2019 as their technical director. Um, I uh, worked on building a couple of their sets over the course of the year. And then of course the pandemic hit and I thought, you know, well, that's, I'll, I'll talk to them when this is all over. And then our assistant director reached uh, Ari Larkreath reached out to us and said, we're going to do this project called the voting rights project. And it's going to be a two month virtual, virtual theater experience. Um, and it's going to involve all sorts of things. And can you help out? And I didn't know what I was going to be doing at the time, but I said, sure. And so um, over the course of the summer and into the um, into the fall, we worked on developing a series of projects all around this theme about voting and the power of voting and the challenges that are involved with being an active participant in our voting system. Um, and so we were doing we did uh, uh, we did an album. Uh, of songs. We did um, a lot of uh, interviews with uh, local um, experts on the topic. We did several short theater pieces that we did over Zoom or recorded in advance and edited together. Um, we did a series, uh, a series of plays, um, all sorts of things. And it was a really amazing experience. And it showed me that, you know, unlike I think a lot of theater companies, uh, when the pandemic hit, we're trying to figure out how do I continue to engage my audience in the way that we're accustomed to doing so. And I really appreciated how Luna Stage and Ari were able to pivot to how do we engage them in the best way that we can now versus the way that we always did things. Um, and that carried over into the the following year as the pandemic continued on and lockdowns you know, started to ease, but they still weren't fully out. Um, we were trying to find ways to engage with students in whatever the ways that we could safely. Um, so we uh, created a play for the uh, West Orange, uh, West Orange High School um, that uh, we were able to create with them virtually and then they produced on their own um, and edited together. Um, and then we were working on several other small projects, including a text message based play um, that is going to have its uh, the live culmination of it uh, premiere in the fall of this year. So it's been going on for nearly two years, this process. It's a really amazing story called Rift. Um, it's about two brothers. The playwright is one of those brothers um, sharing the story of them trying to reconnect after years of separation uh, because of their um, their political ideology. And so the first part of the play is one that is uh, presented to people via text message uh, as a dramaturg sending them correspondence between the two brothers or sending them uh, audio uh, audio plays that they can play to get kind of an update on on where the story is going. It's a really amazing immersive experience. Yeah. And then that carries over into the live uh, part uh, or like next part of the story, which will premiere in the fall. Um, and then so last summer, we were we were at a point where you know uh, we were trying to figure out how do we come back together safely, um, and so my being a my being a theater teacher, um, I asked if I could step forward and run a summer program, and so we developed a, a summer program. We were able to bring almost forty students into a COVID safe environment. Um, it was uh, largely with outdoor outdoor experiences where we had both film and theater camps running from for ages from eight all the way to um, 18. Um, ran that last summer, um, found that 
there was so much value in having the opportunity to have students back together. And that really reinvigorated me for the next year of teaching because, you know, after spending so much time where students were forced to be distant from each other, were forced to talk to each other only over computer screens, and then finally seeing the joy of students interacting with each other um, outdoors uh, in in kind of a safe environment, um, but still that closeness that we had missed for the past year, um, it was really gratifying. We also do something uh, special in that we have a pay what you wish program. Uh, we pivoted to that model beginning during the pandemic. And so uh, we, we, have a, uh, we have a policy that all tickets for all events, so educational, artistic, our programs, um, you can choose to you can choose the price. Um, we have a suggested price of of, and we have a suggested price that that you could use to sponsor another person to participate if you wanted to pay above the asking price for a single ticket. Um, but we also say you can pay us whatever you want, no questions asked. And that goal is to limit or is to take um, is to remove uh, cost as a barrier to entry for the arts. Um, so much of what we do as a theater at Luna Stage and as, and as teachers is try to make sure that um, the access to the arts is equitable. Um, and so as part of that commitment at Luna Stage, we're not only working to expand the um, range of playwrights that we work with, working to bring on uh, more people of color into the organization, working to find more playwrights um, who are people of color, but we're also working to try to make sure that um, we are serving our area the best that we can and that we are not outpricing anyone who wants to be a part of one of our experiences. Um, so that's been, and I think running that as an educational program um, has been something that I've been really proud that the, our funders have helped support um, to make that a possibility. So uh, we had an amazing program with that last year. We're planning to continue that again this year with some uh, kind of a, moving back to some of the ways in which we used to host our summer program, including a teen conservatory. So um, we're going to be working on developing a play with students um, that they rehearse for that they rehearse for four weeks before presenting, um, uh, which is uh, kind of a, a move back towards what things were prior to the pandemic. So we're really excited about that. But also we've we've worked to form new partnerships this year. We've been creating partnerships with the local school board. We've been creating partnerships with um, the uh, uh, some of the local organizations to try to um, create more work that can go outside of Luna Stage. You know, this year we got to present uh, the Frontera Project, which was a, a, a production that was brought over from uh, Tijuana. Um, and we were able to present not just at Luna Stage, but also in a neighboring town called Montclair. Um, and we're looking for more and more opportunities to move our theater into the community and outside of our outside of our facility and looking to tell more stories of plays that are that are pulled from our community so that our work is more representative of the people around us as opposed to what we're just bringing to them. I love that. That just sounds like an awesome, awesome uh, opportunity, not only for, for you and the students involved, but for the community as well. So that's, that's awesome. That's very cool. Very cool. I'm exhausted hearing about everything that you do <laughs> at one time. How do you take care of yourself? How do you find time for, for Joey? I have a, I have a very understanding and supportive spouse. <laughs> so, um, no, I, I, I love what I do. Um, you know, I, we just finished up doing a production of uh, Mamma Mia. And, um, you know, even with the late nights of that show, uh, leaving the theater, seeing the crowd outside, greeting all the students afterwards and just seeing how much fun uh, both uh, the audience had and how, 
much success the students are feeling, earned success that they are feeling, um, that makes it that makes it all worth it. Um, so, I have I am actually um, about to step into um, uh, a bit of a change. So I've announced to my school uh, and Luna Stage that. Um, I'm moving away from New Jersey this year. So my family and I were, are relocating uh, to Minnesota. And um, I don't know what the next step is. I'm looking forward to continuing being in uh, working in the arts. I'm hoping to move in, uh, hoping to move into more arts administration um, and still and still keep a foot in the classroom in some way. Um, but I'm it's back to that thing I said at the beginning. I, I feel like, um, you know, when I think about all the things I do, um, it's hard not to think that I'm, I must be overstretched. And so I've loved what I've been able to do. You know, as a film teacher, I grew the program from, you know, those nine students I had at the beginning to over 100 students per year that are at, that are engaging in, um, you know, six to seven different film classes that we now host versus the one that we had when I started. Um, I'm really proud of that. But I also know that, that, my, um, that my growth is going to require me to focus a bit more on doing one thing really well, as opposed to wearing several hats nicely. So I want to, um, so that's my next move is moving in the direction of trying to focus myself a little bit more and be more attentive to, to six, to succeeding in one particular area. Um, and I don't know what that is yet, but I'm excited to find it out. And I'm really loving this last year of teaching at Newark Academy um, and just seeing the success of things that I've that I feel like I've contributed to over the past seven years um, and seeing how they're growing and and knowing that the systems are in place that they'll continue to grow without me. Um, I think that's one, been one of the biggest things that I learned from my first teaching job was that um, the things that I had worked hard to make kind of a, a part of the program that everyone was aware of and demonstrated why it should be, why certain things should work the way they did. Um, those things outlasted me and the things that only I did, um, you know, they, they faded very quickly. And so I think that one of the things I've focused on now being a more mature teacher um, is making sure that everything that I've, that I've been, Everything that has brought success to the program, I'm trying to make sure other people know how it happened so that they're able to continue to grow upon what we've already done as opposed to reinventing reinventing the programs. Um, so, uh, but yeah, anyway, that was a long-winded story to just say that I, I don't know what's what the future holds, but I'm really excited for it. Well, I... I... I've only been talking with you for this short little bit of time, but I, I can already tell you that you're, you will be very much missed. Um, and <laughs> your, your imprint on your school and community will, will hopefully be lasting and, and continue on. But I wish you all the best in those new endeavors. Cause I, I, I know, I know what it's like to make that big change and um, leave what you're familiar with and what you're proud of having built and stepping into something brand new. So, but I, I, I have no doubts that you're going to do amazing things. So I wish you all the best with you and your family in that move. Thank you very much. Yeah. So Joey, tell me one or two of your favorite stories from your career so far. So recently we completed a uh, project with my uh, high school students um, in my uh, uh, IB advanced film class. It was a collaborative project and um my I noticed that my in one of my groups, the director and the cinematographer were really butting heads with each other. Things were not moving well. 
And so after class, I asked them to sit down and we chatted a little bit and came to find that the reason they were clashing is because they both had just such strong artistic uh, instincts in terms of how the story that they're working on should be told. Um, and they weren't even really that at odds with each other, but in terms of their comfort level with addressing their students, uh, the students in their group and leading them, um, they felt like they were struggling to really engage with that. And so because of that, um, they were kind of giving, they were giving instructions that were at cross purposes or these things seemed confusing. And so you had a couple of students with really good intentions who were not that very far apart, but yet because they didn't feel confident as leaders, the entire, the entire endeavor was suffering. And so it took a few minutes of us having kind of an honest conversation about what leadership is and how leadership is not necessarily having the best idea every time, but it's being willing to listen and have kind of a plan of action, but being flexible with that plan. Um, but also learning when to assert yourself and when to know when everyone else is looking to you to lead them versus when they want you to hear them. And so after that conversation, I just kind of let them go think about it for a day. And then they came back and we started the next, we started the next class. And I just kind of in the, in the background, just kind of kept an eye on how things were going. And it took a little bit, but once they started to get the hang of here's how I assert myself in a way that doesn't make me sound like a jerk. And here's how to demonstrate the plan that I've got and make sure that everyone is, has, is on the same page. Um, and has an opportunity to voice their thoughts on it without us being slowed down by everyone having to be a chef in the kitchen. Um, it, things started to really take off. And then seeing the progress that that film made by the conclusion um, and seeing like how strong it was at the end because of that growth and seeing their their own personal growth in terms of how they were able to um, work with their peers. Um, that was a moment where I was like, good, this is exactly what I want my class to be. It's they became better filmmakers and they also became better leaders. And if so, if they never pick up a camera again, they're still going to know more about how do I get a group of people motivated and feeling like we're all working towards the same goal together and, and let's get going. So that felt really great to me. Um, and then one of my other favorite stories is just the process of working through last year and um, trying to create opportunities for students that were meaningful in a time period where it felt like so many things were trying to separate us. Um, I know that my, uh, my team at Newark Academy worked to produce a musical last year that we ended up having to produce as a movie um, because uh, we couldn't bring an audience together. And it took months. And there were times where it was really, um, there were times where it felt like a real struggle. Um, but getting through it and helping the students realize that all of the extra time this was taking and, and, and all of the additional hindrances that were in our way, um, once we got beyond those and we were able to just focus on telling a story as well as we could, the final product was something that everyone was really thankful to participate in because they were able to get as close as possible to that communal experience as we could safely during that time. Um, and then so, you know, by the end, when we finally showed it, it was joyous. 
uh, to watch. And it, you could just feel the, you could just feel the impact that it had on the students who thought that maybe this was year was going to be a wash, and there would be no opportunities to participate in this type of in this type of communal collaborative creation. Um, and so, seeing the value of persevering through that was really impactful. Um, and I've had a lot of I've had a lot of other um, I've had a lot of other moments like that throughout the years where, you know, making plays is hard and making plays in an environment where your primary cast and crew are people who have so many different things on their plate throughout the day. And they, you know, their, their main job is not to be a professional actor. Their main job is to be a professional student and do well at that, but they want to do this in addition to all the other things that are pulling at their time. Um, So being able to find ways to tap into that, um, and make the best of the limited amount of time that you have as a high school theater maker, um, you know, and then seeing the joy that comes out of that and seeing the joy that they get through the experience of it. Um, I think that is, has been the best value to it. I think every time I've ever, I've ever struggled as a theater maker is when I forgot that, that it was about, it's about finding moments of joy within this, within the storytelling process. And if you get too caught up in, it's about telling my version of the story or telling my vision, um, then I think that's when, you know, it might look great, but your students are not going to remember it at the same way they're going to remember the shows where you made the process of it being about the joy of, te- of being involved in theater. Um, so I think as I look back on my theater making career, I think about the stories where I know these are, I know that these are shows that students still talk about because they feel like they grew as people when they were making them. I, I want to hear a little bit more joy from you right now because I you you mentioned a little bit ago that this year um, has been one of your favorite years of your career um, especially after everything before that the last couple of years with the pandemic and this year has just been really phenomenal I've just heard I've read a lot on different social media and talking to different teachers that this year's even harder than last year uh, for many of them and that mm-hmm. it this year's been everybody's felt like they've been on the struggle bus all year um, so mm-hmm. I, tell me a little bit more about that joy of what this year has been for you I think that you know I I'm I feel very privileged to be at a school where we were able to we were able to do a lot of things to uh, mitigate the possibility of a COVID outbreak. And so because of that, we have been able to try to, we've had more, more relaxed year than I think a lot of people have had. Um, you know, we've been masking all, we've been masking all year up until recently. Um, but we haven't had the, the, we haven't had the separation. We haven't had to worry to, we haven't had to worry as much about close contacts, things like that. So I think part of the thing coming into this year versus last year was just the sense of, Oh, thank God I can sit next to someone and not feel, so, and not feel yeah. like, I'm, like, um, like this is going to be a problem later, possibly. Um, thank God I can interact with someone without worrying about, you know, if they cough, do I have to, do I have to step back? My so my students came into the year I think charged to have a better year than last year. Um, I've also now developed my film program from being a single upper school class to now two separate classes. One being a beginner's filmmaking class and then an advanced IB class, and so that funnel allowed me to um, uh, allow me to really dive into deeper into con- into concepts and 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 up the challenge of the work that my older students were doing. Because for a long time I was teaching ninth grade through 12th grade all in the same section. 
And so a lot of times it felt like if I wanted to address things that the 12th graders should really be focusing on, I was leaving the ninth graders behind. So the ability to kind of differentiate those two groups and really give the ninth graders exactly what they need and the 10th through 12th graders more of what they need, um, that has been really great. Uh, And also freeing myself up from saying that I have to have a cool, interesting project idea every week and thinking more about I want you all to produce things that challenge you and I want you to choose the direction that you're being challenged. So oftentimes when I'm doing a project now, instead of coming in and saying, um, here's exactly the roles that I want you to do, I'm going to say, here's a prompt for a story. Here's the length of time it should be. And I want you to pick a role that you are going to do something new with or a role you've not done before. And then once they figure that out, then it's more about giving them uh, as much instruction as they need to move into creating what they're doing. Um, and I think maybe it's just the, the makeup of my classes this year, but I have a lot of, I have students with a lot of ambition and I hope that the structure that I've tried to teach over the years as, as they've been my students has melded with that ambition so that they're able to apply it really well, really quickly. Um, but I've just noticed this year that the quality of work that my students are doing um, has just gone up exponentially. And I think a lot of that is attributed to um, the freedom that the my teaching process tries to give them and builds in kind of an invisible structure behind the scenes so that it gives them the scaffolding that they need to build their skills, um, but also gives them creative freedom with a direction to, to apply it. Um, so that has been one of the reasons I think this year has just been a fun return to class because they're able to do things that they feel are important to them we're able to approach topics that that feel vital to the students um, and we're able to we're able to watch films together in a way that feels like we can we can talk about it more easily and uh, accessibly than watching it over a zoom screen and um, so yeah it's just been it's been wonderful just for us to be able to be back together and for me to see kind of the the fruit of all the work that i've been putting into the program over the past few years that's awesome. I appreciate you sharing that. I just, I just wanted to hear some more good news. So thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, when we, I was talking about Mama Mia before um, I took a couple of videos of my crew working in the background because I was just so proud uh, when I was standing in the booth during those shows, watching our new stage manager um, who was amazing, but super nervous when she started the show and watching my, our two spot ops who've done this only a few times watching our video crew and, just seeing the level of ownership that they took over the play and the focus and seriousness um, that they applied to it and seeing them just steer the ship so well. Um, And me just kind of sitting back and drinking my coffee and just saying, this is going great. (laughs) So um, I, I, I I love when the show actually goes up because I get to do absolutely nothing and just watch them in awe. And, um, and so uh, that's been probably you're, you're catching me at a good moment since we just closed that show because it was just leaving, leaving uh, that knowing that these kids got it. And it, it, that's very gratifying as a teacher. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, my last two questions are the ones that I ask everyone. And the first one is what is a resource that you have used or currently use that is a must have for theater teachers? There have been some, um, I go to YouTube and a series of creators uh, frequently um, because I find that there's a, there's a subset of creators on YouTube who are all about just teaching other people how to do things that they've discovered and they teach it through the discovery process. Um, and I found that it's been invaluable both as an inspiration for me, but also for showing my students how very quickly we can get up to speed on a concept 
um, without having to and get to the making of things. So I tend to look for um, I tend to look for things that I can that can be taught or have already been taught in five to 10 minutes so that I can structure my class periods. You know, I want to spend 55 minutes. I want to spend at no more than, than 15 of them with me talking to the students about how to do something. I want them to immediately dive into making things. So I tend to u- utilize YouTube to find r- tutorials that can really succinctly describe concepts that then I can add context to as it pertains to the work that we've already done or what we're doing. Um, there's a couple that are amazing for that. Um, Studio Binder, if any of the film teacher out there is looking for a resource for um, really excellent short film content, really informative. Uh, film Riot is a channel that I've followed for years, uh, run by this guy named Ryan Connolly, who's just an amazing uh, uh, teacher in that he approaches the DIY filmmaking aspect from, I don't know how to do this, let's figure it out together. Um, those are two that I go back to constantly, but there's plenty. I mean, there's so many creators on YouTube that are focused on doing content like that, but I find it's just very valuable because it allows us to get the students actively doing things faster um, than, uh, than if I were, and, and it gives me more time to focus on, um, you know, adding to content that is already out there as from an educational perspective, rather than trying to we make an, like the umpteenth PowerPoint to demonstrate this concept when someone else has already done it, and we can just talk about it and add on to it from there. Yeah, I think that's a great resource, even for for theater teachers. I mean, that's great advice for them as well. Like, let's let's hit this co- concept in five to ten minutes, and then let's do it. Let's get on our feet and explore it and right. do it. Yeah, so that's great. Exactly. Thank you, thank you. Well, and my last question is: What are your parting words of wisdom for new teachers entering in the field, or that veteran teacher just needing an encouraging word right now? I would say both as someone working in theater and someone working in film that when you're working with students who are in middle school and high school in particular, um, they have so many stories that they probably could tell. They need direction and inspiration on how to do it well so that they feel really confident in telling it. And if once they feel that confidence, they will soar. So if you're thinking about where do I prioritize my time, prioritize it on making them feel like they are uh, they are capable storytellers because once they feel that confidence and they're able to get past the anxiety of just being a teenager and and being up in front of your peers and creating something and having to have faith that it has value before you get that external validation um just focus on making them be thoughtful and intentional in storytelling and you will see i think the most progress from that because even if even if you only teach a small portion of what you think a theater student should know by the end of a course, if you focus on making sure that they are um, that they are being always being thoughtful about the characters that they're approaching, the storytelling, the the dynamics between characters in their stories, the things that the audience wants to connect to, the empathy that they're trying that they're trying to create. Um, if they can grasp those concepts, then they can apply that to anything that they do moving forward um, in, in terms of the arts. So that's that's where you should put your priorities is help them to become the best storytellers that they can, no matter what the medium is. That's great. That's great. That reminds me of uh, my my directing one class in college. Um, my Nefertiti Burton was my my professor, and we had to do like our final for that class was a like a, a ten minute short play, and the first showing of it for the of my piece for the class was just a hot mess. 
like all over the place. Like I thought I, I had them moving on every single line and it was just like <laughs> so much going on. And she, I, everybody left and she kept me aside and she said, Jimmy, just tell the story. Just tell the story. Mm-hmm. And that's all I ever needed to hear. And I appreciate you sharing that. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh man. I remember in college, um, it was a joke once because I was just like that. Like when I was, when I was learning directing, um, everything had to be super high concept. And a friend of mine jokes is like, it's it, I will only believe it's something you did. If in your show, there's a volcano with a dinosaur chasing an F 18 out of, out of it, you know, it's always gonna be something super complicated. In it. And, um, and I, I had the same thing happen to me. I was at an audition once and I was doing uh, one of, sh- I was doing a soliloquy and I had, I had brought so much to just add on to it, just to just pack on top of this. And I was, I think it was, I was so focused on uh, look at how original I can be. And the director who, uh, who did not cast me, but he was kind enough to talk to me afterwards. He's like, you just kind of slow down and just tell, tell the text, tell the story and relax a little bit. And not and not feel like you have to throw a spin onto every little thing, and so when I when I work with students, um, and they come in and they do a dialogue conversation, like even just a, a simple conversation back and forth, um, we can often you know do the same conversation and have them do a rough version of it, and have them look at it and see, well, did you were you thinking about this shot or did you just put the camera there? And talk through is like how is this character reacting to the other person because that's part of the story, and after we spend some time just kind of going through the rough process, they're like, Oh, and then I'll have them go back and do it again. And then they come back and now every shot seems to have a purpose, but there's nothing that feels overly complex about it. Like it still feels like a really simple scene, but there's thoughtfulness behind each moment, each thing I show you, each thing that I focus on on stage or on the camera, there's a reason behind it, but there's not a lot of reasons. Like I'm just, I'm just kind of guiding your eye from beat to beat and telling you every all the aspects of the story that you as the audience need to really connect to it. Um, so, yeah, I find that, that a lot of times I have students who either come in and they, they don't know where to start, or I have students who come in and they want to overcomplicate it too much. And it's about bringing all of those people to the middle so that you retain the confidence of those super eager students and you grow the confidence of those students who want to be in the film program, but maybe don't know how to approach a story just yet. And if you can bring those two together, then um, you can get a really solid mix of students in your class that can work. And that's the, that's the great thing about doing any of this theater or film is just seeing students build stories together. Um, because, you know, they're, they're not writing monologues. They're, they're figuring out how they can share aspects of their perspective on the world with each other to tell something meaningful. Yeah. And whether it's comedy, whether it's, you know, drama, whether it's, it's whatever genre it is, it's something that matters to them. Um, and that's really valuable. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Joey, thank you so much for joining me today. I've enjoyed talking with you and getting to know you. I wish you all the best in all your future endeavors and, um, Having left the classroom a few years ago, enjoy every last second of every last day you've got going on. So I wish you all the best. Thank you so much. This has been great. 
And that is a wrap for this episode of Fed Talks. Thank you so much for checking out this episode. Tune in next week for the next one. We have so many great teachers coming up and so many that have already been with us. So if you are not already subscribed to the podcast, go on your favorite podcast provider, subscribe to us, rate us, leave us five stars, review us. More importantly, share the podcast with those theater educators in your life who you think could benefit from what we're doing here on the show. Visit our website, www.fedtalks.com for the pages for all the teachers who have been on our show. Email me at fedtalkspodcast at gmail.com. If you have an idea for a future guest on the show or suggestions or topics that you'd like to have on the show, email me. I love interacting with you on there and I always follow up. Follow us on all of the social media that's out there. We are out there on Twitter at Theater Ed Talks. On Facebook, we have a Fed Talks page and Instagram Fed Talks Podcast. Once again, our website is www.fedtalks.com. Thank you, teachers, for all that you do. Thank you for listening. Continue to be the lights that you are and changing all those lives. I appreciate you. Take care.